0: Welcome to the Karis Christian Center Podcast. All right, go ahead and turn your Bible to Galatians 3, starting in verse 6. The message I have for you tonight, I've called it the commanded blessing. And um, man, um, I just love, love this phrase here, and you see it several times throughout Scripture, but I want to start just from a baseline, because a lot of people, a lot of believers don't realize that they are already blessed. If you have Jesus, you are blessed. Right before service, one of my friends sent me a text of a, another minister who was, who's, they were saying he was preaching on identity in Christ, but he was talking about how, how his quote was, I'm guilty, and an innocent man died for him, but he's still saying he's guilty. You know, you're no longer guilty, you're no longer a sinner, you're no longer cursed. Amen? If you have Jesus, your identity has completely shifted. You are no longer guilty, Before Jesus, you were guilty. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God before Jesus. But when you have Jesus, everything changes. So my first point is this. If you have Jesus, you are blessed. So if a message on the blessing, on the commanded blessing offends you, you you need to get your mind right. For every believer, you should realize that you are blessed. If you have Jesus, you are blessed. Let's start in Galatians 3, verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture for saying that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Who here has placed their faith in Jesus? then you have been justified. It says that the gospel was preached to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. That is part of the gospel message. That is actually a foundational part of the gospel, is that if you believe on Jesus, you are blessed. Woo! And I love preaching on the blessing because that is the gospel. That's what God preached to Abraham. He preached the gospel to him saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. The blessing is a major part of the gospel. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing, with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident For the just shall live by faith. There's only one way to be justified, and that is through faith in Jesus. There is no other way to be made right before God. There is no other way to go to heaven except by putting your faith in Jesus. Verse 12, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us. Say, Christ has redeemed me. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Jesus Christ on on the cross became a curse for us. Every single curse that's written in Scripture, Jesus took that on himself at the cross. He paid for it with his own blood. So if it is a curse, poverty is a curse, sickness is a curse, defeat is is a curse, All these things are a curse, and Jesus paid for it with his blood on the cross. Why do I preach provision? Why do I preach healing? Why do I preach righteousness so passionately? Because Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid it all. He paid for all my sin. He paid for all my sicknesses. He paid for all my anxiety. He paid for all my my torment. He he paid to set me free. He paid so I could have an abundant life. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And not only that, he didn't just take the curse upon himself at the cross, When he died on the cross, we received his righteousness. He took our sin upon himself on the cross, and not only that, he gave us his righteousness. You didn't just get a a blank slate. Your sins weren't just washed away, you were actually given righteousness. And by his stripes you were healed. He took your sicknesses upon himself on the cross so you might receive divine healing that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What happens when you put your faith in Jesus? You are accounted righteous. God accounts you righteous. Amen? If God accounts you righteous, you should account yourself righteous as well. And if the devil tries to to lie to you and say you're just a worm, you're just a sinner, you're just a, You're just a complete mess. Nothing's changed. You tell him he's a liar. You tell him what God says about you. You say that God accounts me righteous. You are accounted righteous. You, You become a part of the family. You are a son of faith. You are a daughter of faith. You are you are accepted in the beloved. You aren't an outsider anymore. You aren't a you are part of the family. Man, you are blessed when you put your faith on Jesus. The gospel includes the blessing. You are redeemed. You have been bought back. You are no longer in debt. Amen. Who do you have to thank for that? You have God Almighty. You have the blood of Jesus to thank for that. I saw in the news that that, um, Biden is forgiving a lot of student loan debt. And he's making sure to email every single person who's getting student loan debt. And he says, you can thank me for that. Make sure you vote for me. You now, if, if you're part of that club, you can, you can thank God. But thank, thank God, don't thank Biden. And thank people who paid taxes that paid for that as well. Because ultimately, they're the ones who paid for that, not Biden. Biden hasn't hardly given a dollar during his entire lifetime. When he was running for president the first time around when Obama was running and he got elected, the, the Democratic National Party decided to, they asked all the candidates if they, they'd show their um, tax returns for 10 years, and they all did. And Biden gave like a tenth of a percent, one-tenth of one percent of his income to nonprofits, to charity. Pathetic. Pathetic, that's right. Biden has given no one anything. So remember that when you go vote. <laughs> <clears throat> the only thing he's given is you know military equipment to the Taliban. You've been bought back, you are no longer in debt, amen? And you are not cursed. And you can receive the promise of the Spirit. I love here that it says, you are blessed with believing with faithful Abraham. Man, turn to Genesis 14. I want to read in verse 18 here. Genesis 14, starting in verse 18. One of these blessings that was on Abraham's life, early in his life. Enemy kings came and, and took The people of Sodom captive, including Abram's nephew Lot and his family, took them captive. They were robbing and pillaging. And um, Abraham took his um, servants and just armed them and went went, um, and and, um, fought these enemies and, and brought them all back. And as he was bringing them all back, it says here... In Genesis 14, verse 18, that Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Man, I love that blessing. Um, That came alive to me about 10 years ago at one of the lowest points in my life. I was in debt. I had about $30,000 in student loan debt. I didn't have a job. I had just broken up with a long-term girlfriend, and um, I was sleeping on an air mattress, and I was reading through my Bible, and as I read that, God spoke to me and said, you are blessed by the Most High God. You are blessed, Aaron, by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, and it just shot through me. It came alive in me. The spirit of the word connected, fused with the spirit inside of me, Man, it didn't take long for things to change on the outside. I didn't have to wait for Joe Biden to pay off my debt. Within a year, all my, all my debts were paid. God gave me wisdom. He's the one who did it. In verse 21, it says, Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. I love that he's calling God the God Most High, the Most High God. He's the one who possesses heaven and earth. And he said, I'm not going to take anything. I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. Abram didn't want, want this ungodly king to say that I'm the one that made Abram rich, I want my testimony to be, no one can say I'm the one that made Aaron rich. I'm the one that blessed Aaron. I'm the one that gave, only God can say that at the end of the day in my life. And that's that's a major reason why I'm a tither. Because I'm saying, God, I'm trusting you with my finances and I know that you're gonna bless me and only you can really do it. That's a great reason to tithe. Except only, what the young men have eaten and the portion of the, the men who went with me, they can take their portion. So he's, he, Abram wanted his testimony to be that God is the one who blessed me. The blessing came from God. It's a commanded blessing from God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. No one else can say I'm the one who did this in his life. So if you have Jesus, you are blessed. Amen. Who here tonight has Jesus? Who here tonight is blessed? If you have Jesus, you are blessed. My second point is this. You're actually more than blessed. A lot of people say, you know, how are you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, it's like a cute little thing. People print on shirts and stuff. But you're actually more than blessed. God has commanded his blessing on you. Man, God, the the creator of the heavens and the universe, the, the God who spoke light into existence, who spoke this planet into existence, that spoke life into existence, that breathed life into Adam, he has commanded a blessing on you. That is part of the blessing. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. We'll start in the first verse here. Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 1. It says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed you shall be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The blessing shall come upon you and overtake you. Say that. The blessing will come upon me and overtake me. What does that mean? That's right. Pastor Lawson wins the grand prize tonight. You don't chase it. It chases you. You don't have to chase after blessing. The blessing chases after you. That means you're going to be blessed in the city or blessed in the field. You're blessed wherever you, the the blessing of the Lord is not dependent upon your location. It's not dependent on if you live in the city, in the country, if you live in a blue state, in a red state, if you live in a trailer or a mansion. It doesn't matter if you sleep on an air mattress or sleep on a, Temperpedic, I don't know what these things are. When I married Heather, she wanted a nice mattress. I just had a, a hand, handy-down freebie, and she wanted to buy a nice mattress, and, and um, I didn't know mattresses could be that expensive. I just... She wanted a $4,000 mattress. So what I did, I just gave her $1,600 cash. I said, take this. And I think they had it marked down. They had it marked down on sale to like 2500 or something. I said, just take this wad of cash and go there. And I'm going to teach you how to be a Purdue. Yes, sir. And she got her done. She talked him down an additional whatever it was. And, and she, she came back with the head of her enemy and <laughs> showed me the receipt. and Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. The fruit of your body. That's talking about your children, your health. The fruit of your body is blessed. The produce of your ground is blessed. You don't even have to chase this thing. And now that now that, I, I used to live on the west side of town where the deer just ate everything. Now I moved to the east side of town where there's not all these deer that eat everything. And I like gardening. And um, I, I, I just just I have all these flowers. And, and I was told like these these gladiolas. I have I, I have this huge patch of gladiolas, and they just always shoot up. And I've told, and I've even read that gladiolas you're supposed to dig up the bulbs because it's too cold in Colorado for the bulbs to to last through winter, but, but I've, I'm going on four seasons now of these just huge gladioles that pop up every, every summer, right in that same spot, and I haven't dug up a single one. But when I trim them in the fall, I pray over them. I don't, I don't dig them up, but I pray over them. Say, the fruit of my ground is blessed. The produce of your ground, It's blessed. Man, verse four, this is another word that triggers religious people, that spirit of religion, the the, the word increase. I see a lot of increase right here in the blessing. You guys said you're blessed. I saw a lot of hands raised that said they were blessed. You agreed theologically, you agreed scripturally that if you have Jesus, you're blessed. The produce of your, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Say, I have, supernatural increase. "I have supernatural increase." I don't know how it works, but it works. Supernatural increase is part of the blessing. Your basket and your kneading bowl is blessed. Thank God that our food is blessed. My food is blessed. It does not make me sick. It nourishes my body. It helps me stay healthy. I'm going to live a long, healthy, active life, and the food that I eat is blessed. That doesn't mean you go out and eat Twinkies every night. Verse 6. Whatever direction you're going in, if you're going in, you're going out. Whatever direction you're going in, you're blessed. When you go into work, you're blessed. When you go into school, you're blessed. When you go into Walmart, you're blessed. The blessing is all over you. It's overtaking you, and it's going to pour out onto people around you as well. The blessing of the Lord is an attractive thing. Amen. Unless you're, you've been twisted by, by demonic thinking and theology. The blessing of the Lord is actually a good thing. It's actually a good thing to be able to take care of people around you. It's a good thing to be able to have more than enough and to give into the kingdom. Verse 7, your enemies who rise against you. And those enemies who rise up against you, I feel sorry for them. Man, who, who are you talking? You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who you're messing with. Those enemies who rise up against you. If God be for me, who can be against me? I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved me. Man, Isaiah 54, verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. What did I do when I was praying? I was condemning these things that can rise up against people. You condemn it. You speak against it. If it's, if it's from the enemy, and you know if it's not good, it's not from God. If it's coming to kill, to steal, to destroy, if it's part of the curse, it's not from God because you are blessed. And you can condemn it with your mouth. You can condemn it from the Spirit of God that rises up on the inside of you. You can speak over it and condemn it and curse it and command it to die. Yeah, amen. Just the other night we were hanging out with some of my close friends. And they're strong believers, they're Catholic believers. And my best friend married a woman who's Catholic and just a very sincere believer, believes in the power of God. She wanted us to come over so we could pray over one of her kids. So one of her kids has just had this horrible affliction of, of um, just really dry skin, whatever that is called. It's not just dry skin, it's, it's eczema, but just over his entire body. Like, it's, it's so terrible. They're thinking about moving to a more humid location. This affliction, it's, it's so intense that that. So we, we prayed over him, but we also taught, taught her how to pray over her kid. And several years ago, it was before I met Heather, but the same, the same boy um, was having a lot of digestive issues, and the, the doctors thought it was a very terrible disease. And they had me pray over him, and I prayed over him, the prayer of faith that will save the sick. And later that week, he went to the doctor, and they said, no, it's not the disease we thought it is. Maybe it's just acid reflux, and it, it um, the, the report changed. But they, they asked us to pray over him, and, and, and Heather, Heather taught... My friend's wife, how to pray? You, you curse that eczema. You curse that disease. You curse, the, you curse it in the name of Jesus. You condemn it in the name of Jesus. She was teaching her how how to have authority as a believer. And man, I I, I actually really love Catholic people. Um, when I went to college, I would try to connect with other believers, and um. Something I've learned about Catholic people, just, just, um, they, they understand, they understand the, uh, like a, an authority figure of a man of God. I'm gonna have the, the man of God pray over them and if, if he says it, it's gonna happen. They, they understand when, when, you, when you have someone, a person of faith, a person who's a man, a woman of God, pray over someone, there's something powerful to that. And they, they accept it and believe it. And they also believe in the miracle power of God. Where a lot, a lot of, I, I don't, I don't even know how people get off onto like this cessationist kind of junk. Where just, just the the, the miracle working power of God, the 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 gifts of the Spirit, the, these things just ceased. Man, what, what what a demonic doctrine! And to like identify yourself as that, and to proudly do so. And if I thought that way, I'd be ashamed to think that way. I'd be ashamed to think, man, just all these miracles through this book, just, they, they all just went away. Thousands of years of the miracle working power of God just went away, and on January the 8th, 93 AD, it just was gone. It's just crazy. It's crazy what people will believe when they let the devil just work on their mind. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out you one way and flee before you seven ways. Man, verse eight, the Lord will command the blessing on you. What is this commanded blessing on? It's on you directly. It's on your storehouses What does that mean? Don't use up everything you get. Storehouse, you need to start saving, start investing, start giving. Don't just use up everything. Have storehouses. Put something in a storehouse. Systematically put something in a storehouse. There's a blessing on you directly on your storehouses and on all to which you set your hand. What is that talking about? That's talking about work. Man, that's, that's, that's a great four-letter word and is not a swear word. And I have a word for young men today. W-O-R-K is not a swear word. And Genesis 2.15, I just wanna talk about being a man for a second, Genesis 2.15. There are two, two reasons why God put Adam in the garden of Eden. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. The word tend, it means to labor, to work. Work was part of paradise. When we go to heaven, will you have to work? No, you'll get to work. And I don't, I don't have to work. I get to. What I do here, I love to do it. I get to do it. Does it mean it's always easy and always perfect to know it? No. But it's something that God has given me to do, to tend and to keep it. To keep it means to watch over it, to, to, to take responsibility for things. Man, two, two great two great things for, for men of God to do, to work and to be responsible And the, the world, like, really tries to push the, the victim narrative. So, so that's, a, that's a, one of the first mistakes Adam made when, when he screwed up. He started po- blaming someone else. I'm not going to take responsibility. I'm going to blame you, God, and blame the woman. God, it's not my fault. It's you because you gave me this woman, and this woman said to do this. So he's blaming God, blaming the woman. He wouldn't take you're supposed to keep it, to shamar, to watch over these things, to be responsible. And instead, you're playing the victim card. On all to which you set your hand. Man, that, that, the commanded blessing is on all, that, on all that you set your hand. I remember when, when I just got this just mega revelation that I was blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. I just started setting my hand to things. I didn't have a job, but I, I just tried to do whatever I could do. I would go on free Craigslist and find free stuff and go pick it up and try to sell it just to do something. I, I went, went, you know, a few miles away because someone was giving away a, a box spring that would go under a mat. I didn't even have a mattress yet, but I'm like, well, I'll get this box spring. And it turned out the box spring was a little damaged on one corner. And I thought, well, I'll just put it up for sale. I won't be able to use this myself. And someone, even though it was a little damaged, they bought it for 20 bucks. I went and bought a a TV, or picked up a TV that was for free because it wasn't working. And it was before like the the really, well, it was a flat TV, but it was really big. And uh, I I probably weighed 100 pounds. I lugged, I went and picked this thing up, lugged it up, you know, the stairs to my second floor apartment, and I, I thought, I'm going to lay hands on this thing and pray over it, and it's going to work. And I'm going to sell it in the name of Jesus. And I did that, but it didn't work. I'm going to tell you that sometimes it does work, and I'm glad it does work. Just just a couple days ago, I, I sold a watch to someone online. I bought this watch; it's like new. This watch is like four thousand dollars. I bought it you know, about half a year ago. It worked fine. I just had it in storage, and then someone, someone bought it. I, had bought, I had paid like $700 for it, and they bought it for $1,500. Um, I went to go get it, and it wasn't working. I needed a new battery. I put a new battery in it, and it wasn't working. And I'm, I'm starting to sweat a little because I, I had invested $700 in this, and then someone paid $1,500 for it. So what did I do? I laid my hands on it, and I started praying in tongues, and I commanded that thing to work. And what happened? It worked. Anyways, this TV, it, it, didn't, it didn't work out that way, but I, I was looking for someone who could maybe fix it, and I found a guy who was a TV repairman, and he ended up coming to look at it, and he just said, I'll just buy it for parts from you. And he gave me $50 for this thing. When you know that the commanded blessing is on you and, and whatever your hand touches is blessed, you're gonna do something. If you don't know what to do, just do something. God can work with something. Find free stuff on Craigslist. Get a job at McDonald's. Dude, do something. Go, go ask your neighbors if you can mow their lawn, if you can shovel dry. Just do something. And God, God can bring blessing to it, commanded blessing to it. Don't just sit around and be a victim. Amen? This is a great message. And the commanded blessing. Let's go to Leviticus 25. Talking about the commanded blessing on all we which on all that we set our hand to, but there's also a commanded blessing on rest, on the Sabbath rest. Well, starting the the first verse, but down in, in verse 21, we see that commanded blessing on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath rest. Jesus is our Sabbath, amen? In Hebrews 4, we see that Jesus is our Sabbath. All throughout Hebrews 4, we see that the writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus being our Sabbath. There's a promise of rest in Jesus that you don't have to work to receive from God, that you can rest and just trust and put your faith in Jesus. Hebrews 4, verse 9 and 10 says that there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. When you put your trust in Jesus, man, that, that just, that's the end of it all. It's, it, it is a finished thing. Let's read here in, in Levit- Leviticus 25. We'll start in verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Let's skip down to verse twenty, and God kind of answers the, the the natural question that arises in people's mind: "Well, are we going to starve if we don't work for an entire year here?" Verse twenty. And if you say, "What shall we eat in the seventh year, since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce?" Verse twenty-one. Then I will command my blessing. Say, so God will command His blessing. I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year. On that year, something very extraordinary is going to happen. Something very supernatural is going to happen. A, A commanded blessing is going to happen on that entire year, on everything that you do for that entire year. There is going to be a supernatural commanded blessing there, and it's going to bring forth enough produce for three. It's going to have a triple yield for triple the time. Man, God is never caught off guard. He is always prepared. He always has a plan. When I look back and see the blessing, of some of the greatest blessings of the Lord that are on my life, the vast majority of them, I, I had little to do with it. When God brought Heather into my life, I had very little to do with it. I was not extraordinary charming. I wasn't trying to manipulate. I, wasn't, I really wasn't even trying. I, I had tried for years and, and really worked and really fretted and worried, and it got me nothing. But then God, God told me to just forget about it. He told me to trust Jesus. He told me to take a Sabbath from dating, a holy, solemn Sabbath of, of just staying away from the crazy for a little while. And in walks Heather and I, I got excited and we went on a couple dates and then she broke up with me and, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't worried. I actually told her, you, you know what? You should be the one chasing me. I'm not going to try to chase you. It wasn't the greatest thing to say, but I really wasn't worried about it. But God, God spoke to her. God kept speaking to me and brought us together. We dated about a year and got married. And, and I, I literally did not work for that at all because God told me to take, take a chill pill, because all my toiling, all my fretting, all my, all, all of that, it, man, it, it was, it was just leading nowhere. And when God tells you to take a break and just trust him, trust him. He has a plan and it's better than your plan. Just follow, I, I love that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. And you know why they're closed on Sundays? Because God told them to close on Sundays, to have a break, to have a rest, to let their employees have a break, let their employees have a day off. And you know what happened? There's a commanded blessing on it because they took a step of faith based upon what God told them to do. And during those six days, they they probably make triple what other chicken sandwich places make. Probably more than triple. And I love something that Jesus said. Jesus is our Sabbath. He gives us supernatural rest. When you learn how to just trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, and just cast your worries, cast your cares, cast your fears aside, and just Trust Jesus. Enter Jesus as your Sabbath rest. There is a commanded blessing upon that. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Man, what, what, what have you labored for in your own strength? What are you heavy laden with? Come to Jesus, I will give you rest. I will be that promise of Sabbath to you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Let me guide you, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, what a powerful promise from Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath. He gives us supernatural rest and provision. I love that commanded blessing on the Sabbath that commanded blessing on the Sabbath, it, it led to supernatural rest and supernatural provision. Amen? Let's go to First Kings 17. First Kings 17, starting in verse 1. Um, when I started getting on Craigslist, setting my hand to things, rather than just kind of wait around for Joe Biden to forgive my debt someday. Which if you've had debt forgiven, just thank God. Don't write, write a th- you know. Put 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 some of that thank you. You can tithe off of what was forgiven into the church offering. You could do that to thank God that way. You don't need to write a thank you to Joe Biden. You can write a thank you to the taxpayers. 1 Kings 17 verse 1. But um, I started setting my hand to things. I would go on Craigslist and and try to find people who are moving away because if people are trying to move away, they just want to get rid of stuff, and I can go pick up stuff really cheap. Anyways, I I came across a nice watch that was for sale, and I thought, well, I'm going to just buy myself a nice watch. Um, And um, it was a Movado watch. It had an all-black face with just a silver dot at the top. And I thought it looked really cool, and um, this guy was, like, asking $200 for it, who was moving and I had some other things for sale and other things to give away for free. And um, I I looked it up and it was about $500 new at the store. And I thought, well, maybe I'll do the Purdue thing. I'm gonna take $120 cash and just try to get it. Just show this guy the cash. And um, it turns out he had already sold it. So I got on eBay and uh, I realized that they usually sell used at auction for $200, but every now and then one would go as low as $100. So I bought one for $100. I thought, well, I can wear this for a while, and maybe I'll put it up for sale on Craigslist and sell it for $200. And uh, the first watch I bought, it actually um, got stolen out of my mailbox. I lived in kind of a rough area of Houston, and someone, the, the mailboxes weren't that secure, and someone pried into it and took, took out my package, took this you know, watch from me, and I, I got mad. And if my enemies come against me one way, they're, they're gonna pay for it. So I ended up buying two watches now, because I'm gonna make my money back, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up on top. I'm not above, I, I'm not beneath, I'm above. I'm not the tail, I'm the head. When you know you have the blessing on you, it gives you a little resilience. So I ended up buying two for about $100 each. And I remember this one watch. Um, I got one, I sold it pretty quickly for $200. So, I was, still, so I, I, I was still down a little bit, so I still had this other watch I needed to sell. I remember I, I was having a hard time selling it, so I put it on my wrist. I remember going to church one Sunday morning, and I lifted up my hand, and I just worshiped and thanked God, and I said, whatever my hand touches, whatever my wrist touches is blessed. It will prosper. Within that week, I sold that one for $200. So I, I, I was plus 400 minus 300 so I, I had an extra $100 now and I kept going and going and going and then within a year I was buying and selling about 100, 100 watches a month on average making $100 per watch so I was making $10,000 profit per month and um, man the, the blessing of the Lord the commanded blessing of the Lord it's a real thing it's a real thing and there's no way to explain it. It's straight from God. Man, and the watch I'm wearing tonight, it's blessed. It's blessed. And it's not just a $100 watch. Prophets and watches who are offended by prophets who wear nice watches. I'm actually wearing a watch that retails for $30,000. I got a great deal on it. I got it for $8,000. i will sell it. I'll make a profit, and I'm going to give. Amen? The blessing of the Lord, it's, it's a powerful thing. It's, it's, it's a kingdom thing. Amen? God will command provision for your life. I'm taking you to 1 Kings 17 because um, there, there was a time where I was doing these watches at that, you know, that, that amount, watches for $100, selling for $200, and... and um, um, I was selling a lot on eBay at the time, and I could tell that they were shifting the rules and I wouldn't be able to sell as much, and I was a little worried. And my mom told me, she, she quoted to me from First Kings 17. She said, if the brook dries up, God has a plan. First um, Kings 17, it says... Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Wherever God calls you to be, he can command his blessing to be there. You might be in the middle of a drought. You might be in the, in the middle of a wilderness season. You might be far away from home, but God can command his blessing there. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Why did the brook dry up? I don't know. But God still had a plan. Say, God still has a plan. It dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. That commanded blessing did not stop. If something dries up, it does not mean that the blessing of the Lord dried up in your life. Situations change, circumstances change, but the blessing doesn't change. The commanded blessing of the Lord does not change. He told him to go to Zarephath to Sidon. Sidon was the capital of Baal worship. This is where Jezebel came from. Told him to go to to, to one of the worst places, probably one of the most spiritually dark places on planet Earth. One of the toughest politically places to go to. Go to Sidon. And not only that, there's going to be a widow during a famine who's going to provide for you. Why did God do this? Because he wants Elijah to know that I am the one who did this. I am the one who blessed you. God loves to use unusual people from unusual places, to do unusual things. God will command provision for your life. God will take care of you. If a brook dries up, his commanded blessing is still there upon your life. Amen? Amen. Let's go now to Psalm 133. And I want to talk about the commanded blessing that's available to a community of believers. And there is, it's really important to understand the anointing. And as I've looked at the anointing, which represents the power of God, the presence of God, the purpose of God, the calling of God, the anointing of God. There are three types of anointing in scripture. There is an anointing that is in you. Man, if you have Jesus in you, Jesus Christ, he is the anointed one. He is the Meshach. There is an anointing in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. There is an anointing in you. There is an anointing on you. That anointing on you is specific to your call, to your talents, to your personality, to, to your mission, to why God put you here on this earth. There's an anointing on you to do what God has called you to do. It might be to be a mother, to be a father, to be a banker, to be a business person, to be a servant, to be a musician, to... And there's also an anointing on a unified group of believers. Psalm Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Man, unity is so important. I'm always working towards unity. That's one of my main missions as a leader in a community. Man, I am so blessed. I'm so excited to be a pastor of a church. I love a community of believers. That's what this is. We are a community. A, a, it's a relationship of people. People that have, have a common faith, a common hope, a, com- a common set of beliefs. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And there is an anointing. There is is something powerful when we come together as believers, as as a unified group of believers, as a unified community of believers. I have dedicated my life to serving this community of believers. I actually don't think I'm going to end up going anywhere else. I really feel that I'm going to end up being buried right under this pulpit someday when I'm 100 years old. Maybe not. Maybe not right here. That'd be a little creepy. <laughs> it's a little too Catholicy. There's a lot of popes buried there in the Vatican. <clears throat> there is a corporate anointing, and it's not easy. Man, it is not easy. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. God calls us to go together. I was thinking of this the other day. I was was walking with my wife and our three-year-old daughter and our two dogs, Winston and Willie, and they're not well-behaved dogs. But our three-year-old daughter, Ada, loves the dogs, and she insists that she holds the leash herself. And we walk kind of at the, the rush hour in our neighborhood. It was a nice day like today. It was sunny, warm, you know, right after work, like four o'clock, everyone and their dog is out, literally. And, and, and Willie, who I don't claim to be my dog, it was Heather's dog. <laughs> he hates people, so if he just sees a person, he's gonna go berserk and bark, and, and my dog hates other dogs. So they're just barking and, and just getting in a fight about everything, and Ada's just insisting that she keeps holding on to a dog by herself. And we, were, we weren't going very fast, very far. We were like, you know, a mile an hour kind of tempo here. And I was thinking, man, if you want to go fast, go alone. I was thinking, I get a little exercise, I'm gonna go for a walk, and Heather's like, well, let's, let's take Ada, let's take the dogs, and I did not burn very many calories. But God doesn't call you to go alone. He calls you to go together. There's something powerful when you come together. I, I love, I love, I love, you know, time spending time in the presence of Jesus. I love sitting at the piano worshiping God, and it's very powerful to you know worship God at your home. If you if you're talented musically, maybe you're not, and and just no one's around, and you don't bother yourself with your own singing, and you can feel God's presence when you sing worship songs at home, maybe with a CD or with an instrument if you have that. But man, there is just something so powerful when you come together at church and sing together as a, as a community of believers. Man, it just takes things to a whole new level. There, there is an anointing on a unified group of believers. And Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 18. He, he, told, he said this, so I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Man, the gates is talking about Taking territory, taking... Man, the, the church shouldn't be on the defense. The church should be on the offense. We should realize that we have the victory. We have the answers. We have the truth. We have the power. We have the blessing. But too, too many believers, too much of the church is just in this constant defense mode. You can't win the battle with just a strong defense sometime you're going to have to take the offense and take the ball down the field and get it across the goal. For too long, the American church has just been trying to play defense. God doesn't want you to keep the score at zero. He wants you to put some points on the board. So the church needs to get on the offensive and not just, man, man, at least get on the field. Get off the stretcher, get off the... You know, lick in your wounds and uh, pour me and, and get in the game and play some offense. Man, the enemy hates the corporate anointing because it's what destroys the gates of hell. The enemy constantly tries to fight against this anointing. He constantly tries to get in people's head and sow discord and get people off track for really dumb reasons. Right. Hebrews 12:14 and 15 it says pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble and by this many become defiled. Man, the enemy hates that corporate anointing. He hates unity. He, he, he hates it. He, he constantly tries to drive people into isolation. There is a blessing, there's a commanded blessing on coming together, on godly relationships. And something really cool about it, it runs from the top down. You know, you seek mentors who know what they're doing. You seek advice from people who've, who've done it. They've learned it. They've applied it. They know how to teach it and pass it on. I, I see different types of corporate anointings on this house. And I've seen, I've seen it because this church has existed for a period of time. I can see the fruit of it. I can see the fruit of it from the top all the way down. You know many of you are very planted here, very grounded here and, and and producing fruit. And um one thing I would say if you're looking for a good church is to look for the fruit. And, and fruit, it takes time to produce. It takes time to to manifest. It takes several years. I look at Pastor Lawson, there is fruit in his life. there, there, there is there is multi-generational fruit from 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 people's lives that he's touched from people that he's impacted with his teaching, with his emphasis on grace. Amen? See Larry Gifford here. Daisy's here. His grandkids. There are multi-generations of people who can vouch for Pastor Lawson. To me, that, that means something. To me, that says something. Amen? I know this, this church, there is a, a, an anointing of blessing here as well. I've seen people who, who, who've plugged in here, who've, who've taken root here, who've connected here, and I've just seen incredible blessing on their life. And it can look different from person to person, but I, I've seen it. I've seen the fruit of it. I've seen it over years and years. I've seen people who've come here and, and, and just, man, just, it's amazing what God has done in their life. Thank you for listening to the Charis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to com, or call us at 719-418-4000.